Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. Uh, as always, it's your boy Dave Neal. How are you today? Everyone doing well? I am. This is a positive episode. We have good things going on in the world. Everybody collectively pat yourself on the back as I do the same. Isn't this just one crazy video game we're all a part of? Right? Isn't are we are we, are we even in control of anything other than our own positivity? That's all we can do. We get the hand we're dealt and we play it. And no matter what, the joke is at the end of the game that you have fun playing. That's all that matters, right? Anyway, I'm having a blast. I've been meaning to do this episode for a few weeks now. I um, so I'm so, I'm sorry to people listening if like you're like, hey, why the heck is this coming out on a Friday? Uh, I'm just behind. Okay, I'm uh, you know I like to do two a week. I've been doing only one. But by the way, the downloads have been through the roof. So you guys definitely are listening. I appreciate that. If you're not listening, then why are you listening? You're listening, right? Anyway. So it, it's been it's been a wild journey I've been on. Two weekends ago, I went home to Rhode Island to visit family, and um, I've been I've been kind of teasing this vacation for a while. It's funny because you know what? It's not a vacation. It's work. Family is work. Yeah, we're always working on something, aren't we? This podcast, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about changing the name of it again because sex actually doesn't do it justice. It doesn't because it's not just about sex. It's about dating. It's about relationships with your family, with your lover, with your friends. It's about so. It's about fitting in in this society. And you know, as a comedian, that's where I kind of label myself now. You know, it's about being judged on stage. It's about being liked. It's about being validated. And it's about really, uh, you know, having an opinion and wanting uh, to share that with others and wanting them to laugh. Which means I agree with you, or it doesn't. It might not. It might, you, you might not agree with me, but you might respect my opinion, and we can uh, get to know each other. And we've had such a blast. Three years now getting to know each other with this podcast. Uh, I feel like I know each and every one of you. And in fact, I only know about 10 of you. Uh, So many of you who listen are not just scorned (laughs) ex-lovers or current, uh, but a lot of you are just people all over the globe who have tuned in. Um, And I know our downloads aren't through the roof. They're not crazy levels, but there's some 15,000 odd a month, maybe maybe even higher of people that actually get to connect with me. And um, I really appreciate, appreciate you guys lending me one or two of your ears and, um, and, 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 you know, uh, taking the time to, to write back. And we've had some just real smart people that write in and, and, and give advice and ask really challenging questions. And what I'm learning from our demographic, uh, I like to think it's people kind of my age, you know, like 22 and no, I'm kidding, 32. I like to think it's people my age, but what I'm, you know, I, there's, there's moms that listen that are in their fifties, maybe or sixties or forties. And I think they, they get to hear kind of like the, you know, a dude just asking a ton of questions. Cause that's what it comes down to is I'm very curious as to what makes women tick, what makes guys tick and how we can all coexist and, um, and really get all the bullshit out of the way. Cause look, I mean, the podcast itself gets a little heavy, but in the end, like I'm not a heavy guy. I just think, you know, especially when I'm doing these solo ones, I get in my head and I'm like, Oh geez, am I liked? Do people love me? What's going on? And, um, I've, I've never questioned, uh, the love from my family, but, um, I actually get that, uh, I, I get that, um, uh, that I'm a, just a piece of the machine. I'm just a cog in the machine with my family. There's a big Irish Catholic family. And, you know, sometimes deep down you hold these resentments like you're not being loved enough. But, um, you know, where I come from, 
was a mom who loved loved us so much, but you know, a full time single working mother, and that doesn't always translate to hugs when you're growing up. But looking back on it, I mean, I have a hard enough time tying my own shoes right now, getting this podcast up on time. She's making potlucks and casseroles and going to her full time job and not getting any child support and all that fucking craziness, just craziness. You never hear her complain. I mean, she's living She's living the absolute most amazing life now. I like to think of my mom as, um, as someone who really found herself and is able to live on the pasture of, of success. She's able to live... Uh, I mean, she, she enjoys uh, a little bit of stress, as it were. She, she's now managing my stepdad's company. And, um, you know, they're getting to go on company uh, trips where they, they went to Europe twice in the same month. I mean, they're getting to travel a little bit and make more money than they probably ever made. And it's just, it's just a good place. It's good to see. It's a weird feeling, you know, of mortality when you think of your parents and, uh, and think, wow, like I just want them to be happy and successful in this. And I'm not even worried about myself, maybe living paycheck to paycheck. But all we, all, right, because all we, we know we're okay. We know we're going to be okay when we look inward, but we kind of stress about family and fights and things like that. And last time I was home, if you were listening, uh, last time when I was home in uh, October of 2016, I was really worried because I just felt like I couldn't help my family. I felt very helpless and that helpless and hopelessness are just very negative feelings to have. And, um, I went home and I I knew I was going to find some good in my, uh, in my, in my return home. And I did. And this trip, uh, just, uh, really, um, really confirmed all that, that the family's doing well. I got to go to a family. I, I missed a family reunion last year, you know, like a couple hundred people in a photo and it's me and one other person that aren't there. And I was like, ah, oh, what am I doing in my life? That is too important to not go, go home and spend time with my family. So this year, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care where my finances are. I don't care where anything is. I'm going to this reunion that my family's having because I just, it just can't afford to miss it. So I went to this reunion. Um, I, I, I wanted Tasha to come so badly, but um, she had all this work lined up. And you just, I get it. You just, you can't miss work when it comes. It comes, especially when you're in our industry. You just don't get it every day. So, so I was like, you know what? Do your work. I totally get it. Well. Uh, like two days before I was going to leave to go to Rhode Island, her, um, some of her jobs got moved around and now she had four free days. So she booked, she booked her flight the day before and was able to get like a pretty good price considering she flew across the country with like less than 24 hours notice, got to come with me. We took a red eye straight into Boston and went and went, we went uh, straight to the family reunion and it was, it was such a blessing. I mean, it was right on the beach, quintessential South shore situate, Massachusetts. Uh, it was just amazing. They had catered everything. So we're getting, we're just doing nothing but Moscow mules and they even had an ice cream truck. So your boy over here with a sweet tooth was getting unlimited ice cream like the fat asshole that I am. It was amazing. I got to, I got to see cousins and family that I haven't seen in years. There was this, um, this one girl, she's a second cousin of mine. Um, I was, I had this crazy funny story because it's so funny to, you know, Tasha, my girlfriend, and, uh, she sometimes, 
gets to hear a lot of the same stories over and over. And uh, if anyone's been in a relationship for a long time, you know that your significant other becomes a boring piece of shit because no matter, I'll be like, oh yeah, this one time when I was traveling abroad, she'd be like, I know what the story is, Dave. You got robbed in Barcelona. We get it. We know you're tough. <laughs> like it's so impossible to have an original story that she hasn't heard after three years of a yapping. But, um, but then there we are at this family reunion and I saw this second cousin. I can't even remember her name right now off the top of my head. I can't because I have such a big family. But I was doing yard work for my, uh, my second cousin uh, about 10 years ago. And her daughter comes up to me. I was, oh, you know, I had just, I was just getting into acting and entertainment. I wasn't, you know, making much money. So she hired me to like, like uh, clean her, you know, rake her leaves or whatever the fuck it's called. So I'm doing that. And um, her daughter comes up to me and she's like five or six years old. And she's like, how old are you? And I was like, uh, 21. <laughs> and she goes, are you married? And I was like, no. What are you talking about? I'm 21. She goes, oh, but you're 20, you're in your 20s and you're not married yet? She was like, I'll fix that. And she comes up to, and she was really obsessed with uh, design work. You know, it's like a five or six-year-old girl, of course. She has like a design notebook, like a coloring notebook for like, you know, what outfits you should wear and, and different, you know, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. One of those picture, but I don't know what they're called. I'm not a girl. But anyway, she comes up to me as I'm like doing all this manual labor, uh, raking leaves in the fall, and she designs a new outfit for me to wear because she's, she thought I didn't have good fashion. And here I am like, ah, oh, you're not half wrong. So I'm like taking the advice from a five-year-old. And here it is over a decade later. I'm like, look, I brought my girlfriend. You happy? You teenage bitch? I brought a girlfriend. I'm still not married. I'm 10 years later. I'm 32. But uh, it's just, anyway, it's a pointless dead-end story. But it's, it's, it's just cool to see family because you're, you know how it is. You know, you know how it is growing up and you don't see like an uncle for so long. And they go, oh my gosh, you're, you've grown so much, blah, blah, blah. Well, now I'm at the age where I get to do that, where I'm like, oh, geez, Annabelle, you were like a tiny. I could have kicked you in the forehead and you would have fallen. And now you're 10 feet tall and this and that. And it's just, it's just, it's just great. You really do realize like what, like it sucks missing that when you're not home. But for all of those listening who kind of are surrounded by your family, just appreciate those moments that you continuously get to have because when you're not near your family, I mean, and I get it, I chose to live on the other side of the country, but you know, I, I, I truly believe that and I'm out here for a reason and I would like to go back and spend more time with my family, but we're getting there folks. Keep on subscribing. Maybe we'll be able to get to do that more often, but you know, for those of you who don't have a reason to see your family and you're not and you are close by, you just got to know that it's a special thing. It's a special bond we have. We don't choose our blood. We really don't. And, and uh, I got to sit with my family. And th- the beautiful thing was, so like this, this um, reunion lasted about a week. And Tasha could only stay for the first three days. And then I, she had to fly back. So my family had this really nice dinner, like more intimate than the big family reunion. It was probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 of us rather than 150. So we had this small intimate party. And Natasha couldn't make it, so I put her on FaceTime. So she's sitting there, and we're doing the, you know, we're doing a prayer where you go around. And, and here's what happens. I mean, I come from a family of criers. We cry. I mean, it is no doubt why I do this podcast. I mean, very emotional, folks. Uh, Tasha comes from a family where they don't cry as much. There's a, you know, so it was interesting. It was interesting that um, I, I. She came home for Thanksgiving this past year, and I told her, I was like, look, we're going to get around the table. We're going to say what we're thankful for, and the aunts are going to cry. They're going to cry. 
Because my mom's, so my grandmother passed away when I was only one. She had breast cancer. So she died, um, you know, at an age where she was younger than my mom is now. And she was the matriarch of the family and everyone loved her. And she seemed to be an amazing woman who I never got to meet. But I know that having the relationship that I have with my mom, that my mom kind of filled those those shoes of my grandmother. So I get to see, uh, I get to see that quality in my mom, which is beautiful when you get to pass down those traits that we learn from others, those positive ones. I think that's beautiful. And anyway, we, um, we had that family moment where we went around and we had, uh, we had cousins, you know, my mom's cousins and they don't, they don't all get to see each other too often. And they all got to say really kind words about the family and how powerful it is to, and how special it is to have a family that does get together and they do fight to free up their time to spend with each other because it is rare in today's world. We, we find excuses why we shouldn't be together uh, rather than just doing what we need to do to maintain those ties. So it was amazing. Um, and those, those of you that know, I mean, uh, I, I definitely don't take it for granted living so far away now, but there, there is a time when you do take that for granted. I've got a 14-year-old brother and a 20-year-old brother, and they could have cared less about how emotional it got, but I was like, Jack, Jameson, yeah, those are their names. I was like, guys, you got to know how special this is, that you get to meet new cousins you didn't even know you had because our family's so big and that we get that we want to spend time together. Anyway, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but it was a very enriching spiritual, just real solid week to go home with my family. I got, and then in between the week, I got, you know, a quick uh, trip to New York. I had a great show there and ran into friends. I mean, it was just New York. New York's another place that you want to talk about a a family member, New York city. Um, The term wax poetic came to mind to think of New York because, you know, for all the, you know, for, you know, Chinatown, that's got pools of yeah, fish oil and it smells like shit and then you got bums jacking off on the subway for all the bullshit real shitty parts of new york Times square satan's asshole for all of that you've got the most romantic city in the world and i always tell people like look if you didn't live there for at least six months if you just went there on some school field trip don't tell me it sucks you don't get it you got to live there you got to be in the pulse of things new york i can wax poetic about this city all day long I mean, it's nostalgic in a sense where I can look at different parts of Central Park where I went on failed dates. I can look at where I've been dumped. I've cr- cried in that uh, Toys R Us in Times Square. I can, you know, that crepe stand. I, uh, I walked home without my underwear uh, in that side of the park because um, it got lost. <laughs> Some stupid, I, I vomited on that uh, street map. I mean, I literally, the stories and memories of that city it's just a beautiful place. And, um, I didn't quite talk about it two episodes ago, but that's when I, uh, had the podcast with, uh, with, uh, Craig Fox. So that w- that was a great podcast. I had a ton of fun talking to him, but just that high that I get from that East coast, from that New York, uh, energy, it's just something to, you know, we, we, you can find it in different places in the world, but I guess the, the moral of why I'm even just ranting about this is that, you know, home is where the heart is and you can find these homes anywhere you go. You can really find that that home vibe. And for me, when I moved to L.A., it was a lonely place. You know, I had to slowly build that home up at the gym, seeing local faces at the coffee shop I like to go to. Uh, It's really about building a familiarity. So for those people listening, 
you know, I mean, I could get into it with college kids. You're going to a new place. You got to, you got to find that home, that den, that safe spot. I had it in New York city. I had it in Rhode Island. I have it in Boston. I went up to Boston for shows. I had an amazing fun show in Boston. I got heckled by this fuck. I can't even describe it. I'll post, uh, I'll probably post the content to my uh, YouTube uh, channel because uh, it was a, it was a fun moment. But it was just it's just amazing connecting with people, both strangers and family, in the places that I love. L.A. has become a home. I mean, I've been here for a good while now. It's been a home. Um, not to make this a full episode of the jet setting, but in the last two weeks, I went from L.A. to Boston to New York to Rhode Island, back to LA. And then I just got back. I spent the last four days in Mexico. So I went to a family reunion. And then the last four days I spent with Tasha's family um, in Mexico, which was really cool. We went to the Baja Peninsula. I brought all my recording gear to go to Baja. And then I didn't even uh, end up using it. Uh, So I wanted to record an episode while I was there, but what I thought I would do was I was like, all right, I'll just go take my recording equipment down to the beach and I'll just do an episode by myself. But honestly, it was about, in no lie, a bajillion degrees all day long. Like it was literally the hottest. I couldn't, and like there was a reason why people don't vacation in Mexico on the Baja Peninsula in the summertime. Holy fucking shit. Go there in December. Uh, but we got to go. We did private boats. We took a boat out to this island where they had white sandy beaches. And we got to see a, a school of maybe 60 or 70 or even 80 dolphins swimming around. It was fucking cool. We saw the seals just making no, just barking. Are seals not the closest re- related animal to dogs? They're literally identical. They got the whiskers. Even their like back tail fins look like feet. Anyway, it was a blast. Um just really just trying to take life at its own pace because there is no amount of stressing about bullshit that makes anything get accomplished faster. And that goes with uh, work, friends, relationships. It all goes at the speed it's meant to go. We just need to buckle down and enjoy the ride. And I'm trying, I mean, I'm trying folks, trust me. I know this is going to sound like a, like a lot of bitching, but I did not want to go to Mexico after doing a week-long family reunion. I didn't. I got I to gotta pay the bills. I got to work. I got to make money. I got to do all these things. I had to literally, you know, and I wanted to go to Mexico, and I know Tasha wanted me to go, but I was like, fuck, I really got to go to this, your family's trip after doing a week on mine. You know, that's literally 13 travel days out of 16. Like, shit, I don't even know where I live anymore. By the way, yeah, I don't have a clean pair of underwear. If anyone wants to send some underwear to Los Angeles, I could use it. I smell like shit. Um, no, but it was, it was, uh, it was great. I mean, her family, I've traveled more with her family than I've traveled with my family in the last decade. I mean, they've really let me in. Um, it, it, let's actually, I want to, I wanted to call Tasha right now. Cause so we both flew in and then we immediately had to go our separate ways. Cause, um, I have a show tonight in Santa Monica and, um, she went home. So I haven't seen, uh, I haven't got a chance to go home and see the dog yet. I told her I would call her though. I want to see if she wants to talk about the um, Montezuma's Revenge she got. Hi, honey. Hey, I'm talking about uh, Montezuma's Revenge. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes, Mon- that is exactly correct. Do you still have it? No, I'm okay. I, I mean, I feel maybe not 100%, maybe a little crazy, but I was, I'm all right. I was thinking how funny it was that, like, at first when you're traveling with, you know, family, you're you're kind of uh, polite, but like by today it was like 
we had to basically ask them to take us home so we could both take dumps before the flight. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, it goes from like when you're right on top of each other, it goes from like formal and trying to impress people to like real, real quick. I wanted to tell you this. I didn't tell you this. I saved this for the podcast. But did you notice? So we picked up your family from LAX, and uh, I, I went to give your brother like that that like gangster uh, handshake hu- half hug thing, you know. And then I get uh-huh. and then I gave your mom a hug, and I was feeling real like in with the family. And then your dad came up, and I tried to give him a handshake hug, but he only did the handshake, so I hugged him alone. What do you mean? Like you hugged him and he didn't hug you back? I hugged him and he didn't hug me back. <laughs> I safe. You know I do not come from a family of hovers. You know this already. Do you know what kind of motivation I lost when I was like, all right, I got a hug, I got a second hug, then I got rejected in my arms around a man. <laughs> like, ugh. Are you okay with that? Oh, you're, honey, just, you're just okay with the, the fact. ringing. And I gotta go because our plug caught fire. So it's it's maintenance on the other line. Jeez. Okay, call me back. Bye. Bye. Holy shit. Here I am trying to get sentimental and the house is on fire. Boy, we need to get a new apartment when the plugs are catching on fire. <laughs> what year is this? I can't make this shit up. Is that nineteen twenty two? We have electricity that catches on the sad part is, is we did have a plug replaced because it was making uh, popcorn crackling noises and i was like i don't think that good things are happening inside that plug and, and sure enough a flame came out of the plug so yeah yeah we could use um we could use a new apartment um anyway i didn't take it to heart that her dad didn't hug me but it was like oh geez i remember when i met her parents for the first time it was her mom picking us up alone so i, I got to meet like just the mom and then i got to meet the dad later i got to like dissect the family interview and that, which was good, because it was like I was like, oh, I can divide and conquer. I can charm one at a time. I just don't need to meet the whole family at once. So I remember when I met her mom, and I was like, all right, I'm going. I was like, here's my strategy. It was the same exact situation. We went to we went to Kentucky, so we flew into Cincinnati, and I was like, look, I'm gonna go up to her. I'm I'm gonna do that big hug thing where you just stick your arms out and you give him a big hug, and and then sure enough, as soon as we got to her mom, uh, I just they they had an extended hug. And then I was just like standing there, like waiting to be introduced. And then I went in and I just went in and gave her a, a handshake. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm giving like, but they didn't try to hug me. And it was like, we had talked on the phone before, but I don't know. I come from, I come from huggers. I, I firmly believe you got to just hug. But I guess, you know, it's weird. Like when I studied in France, they would do the bazoo, which is the kiss on the cheeks. You would kiss you know, one to three cheeks, depending on, I don't know. I don't know. It's like a regional thing. How many cheeks you kiss? Usually two, you go two kisses. Right. But they, but they, so they will kiss on the face, but they're really kind of like cheek to cheek, but they wouldn't hug. Like hugging's, uh, I feel like an American thing. Is anyone, any Europeans, do you hug? Is that, I don't know. Anyway, so like I'd give people bear hugs and they would be like, oh, you're getting too close to me. Just kiss me on the face. Like it doesn't make sense. But anyway, I'm a hugger. And um, I had my, my, my roommate in college, Joel, he used to, he, I, I could guarantee if you met this guy, Joel Littlefield um, from Exeter, Rhode Island, I'll say his full name. If you met Joel, I guarantee to you, I guarantee you exactly what he would say. You'd go into him and he'd be like, oh, come in here. We hug it out. He just said, he says, we hug it out. And then he gives you a big hug. He's a six foot five, giant, strong guy. He's a good looking dude. And that was his, that was his way of working game. I don't think he, he doesn't do it um, consciously, but yeah, he would work game on, 
on girls by just like showing them that he was a snuggle kind of emotional guy. Oh, I, I'm back. Are you there? I am here. What happened? Did you did the apartment you plug in a toaster in the shower or something? What the fuck? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. No, I sent you a picture. It like. Just the way it's been on the plug by the door earlier this year. Now the one behind the TV is like smoke. <laughs> like it's all like scorched. Oh, uh, the and one plugged the, into the air conditioner? The air plug is melted. Yeah, so actually, babe, oh, if no. you can pick up one oh. of those long strips. I swear, this is, this is our relationship. It's, it's either me or Amazon Go. Uh, I don't know if you like me or if I'm just free shipping, I think, at this point. So well, I'm just saying that literally the TV, the internet, everything is not working because that plug blew up, and the power strip that all of those things get plugged into is melted. So I can't even like plug it into an extension cord, which is what I just tried to do. Okay, well, I know this is a riveting podcast, but text me what I need to buy, and I'll get it after. But um, Thanks, anyway, honey. you make it home okay. The dog's alive, all that. Yeah, dog's alive. Apartment's uh, messy, but no. Noah left the apartment messy. Um, I mean, it's sort of what I expected. I don't know. But that's what. Listen, you. you this is what you need to learn about guys. We don't. Our eyesight yeah, doesn't. Disgusting. I know. It's just not. It's just not a skill set. It's not like we try to like untuck the bed skirt. But like, if the bed skirt's accidentally tucked into the comforter, then that's the way it lives. <laughs> That's just the way it lives. And I know guys are listening going, what the fuck's a bed skirt? Date a girl for two years, you'll know what a fucking bed skirt is or a duvet cover or whatever the hell it's called. But we don't understand why the pillows have to fit in a certain tetrahedron, you know, style. We just don't, we just overlook those things. We're not, that's just how it is. So he, he, uh, he watched the dog. The dog's alive. Um, did the, pe- yes. are the, are the peppers still alive? Did he water the plants? Um, nobody watered the plants. They look very sad, but I think revivable. And good news, we've got two new tomatoes and one new very tiny pepper. Woo! This is riveting podcast. We have two new tomatoes. I'm sorry how domestic we sound. Everyone send Tasha a message on her Instagram and congratulate her for growing two new tomatoes. Uh, that's a. We've got a total of three tomatoes and two peppers. Wow, we have two peppers now. This is amazing. Um, I was just mentioning, I was kind of going over how I did the family reunion to the Rhode Island, and then we did the one in Mexico with your family, and I was kind of mentioning how emotional my family got, and I I don't even think I quite mentioned it, but I I put you on FaceTime when we had the family prayer, and like all the aunts were drunk and crying, and you know, it's just funny that you get to see this very emotional family. (laughs) I think it's good for you. Because I... Otherwise, wouldn't be uh, exposed to that. Well, you got your family that won't even hug me after after like th- three years of family vacations, <laughs> and then uh, I know I've I mean I've bonded with your dad in other ways. I let him borrow my swim trunks, so literally our dicks have touched the same inner lining of swimsuit. So I think that's <laughs> I think that speaks for something. Uh, but yeah, you know I don't know. I, I there's a level because so last night it was our final meal, and I had that I had that thing where I, I didn't, I didn't get emotional, but I I could have, if I wanted to, but I just said to your family, I was like, thank you guys so much for having me, uh, and I'll be part of your family events. And I don't think they really responded to it. Like they didn't, like they said, 
they said like, oh, sh- of course. But they weren't like, Dave, you're a part of this family. <laughs> like, I kind of, I kind of said thank you to them, hoping that they would like be like, Dave, of course you're part of this family now. But no one said that. <laughs> okay, literally every expert will tell you that the number one thing you need to dispense of if you want to live a happy life is expectations. I know, right? but like, it's that's the number one rule. Is like if you have expectations nobody can ever live up to them you need to just live your life without expectations and you will be happier and healthier it's silly of you to expect that my family is going to be very emotional because they're just not like that and you know that so so you shouldn't expect that i'll say of course of course you should come like we want you to be here and we're happy to have you here that's just their nature is to sort of downplay it and you know this so having these expectations is just kind of silly i know but you know don't expect for me to get a power cord on the way home tonight i guess you shouldn't live life with expectation <laughs> i'm gonna repeat that back so oh, don't don't expect for me to do the dishes now i know what you mean but like i just you know i'm kind of like an emotional guy and i i'm like a team sport guy i want i want the coach to slap me on the ass and say good game i know that sounds weird but i want like uh your sis your sister is very and sean are both way like they're they're on the same page as us emotionally like I think, I think they seek that comfort. I think our generation does in general. You know, we talk about parents. Your parents are still pretty young, but you know, like you talk about parents that grew up with like World War II parents. They didn't get anything but like a handshake from their dads. So like, I get yeah. it. Like, do you know what your like your dad's? He's not. He's he's just like a he's just like a stoic kind of introverted guy. So it's not. But you know, I mean, like, I, you you know what I want, and in the end, it might. It might be, I might be a little sensitive, but I, I just want them to like, to know that they accept me. And I really haven't questioned that. I mean, it's like, look, in the end, they're inviting us on their vacations. So like, clearly they yeah, like us. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, everybody's going to do it in their own way. Their way, you're right. It's like a more subtle way. You know, they're not over with their feelings. We don't cry, stand around and cry. But does it, did it feel special to see my family do that? Or was it just, was it just too much? Uh, I'm going to say it was like gritting my teeth the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cool thing. Sure, it's cool. I can appreciate it. But boy, it was awkward enough from 3,000 miles away on FaceTime. <laughs> it was so awkward because I, I was like, please don't hang up because it just would have been like, Tasha has left the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think there's no hurt in being emotional when it comes to sharing your gratitude. And I think it, I, I think it takes just as much conviction and like balls to let it out emotionally as it does to just not share your emotions. But you know, we're kind of we're in the we're in the middle ground where we're kind of figuring out, you know, what's important to lean on each other and what's important to kind of suck it up. But I don't know. I think it's important. I think it's important to just remember that there is no time uh, to be wasted to tell people you love them. And that's, you know, that's become very evident with my family, with some people that have had sicknesses and deaths. It's like there is no shortage of hugs being given 
amongst my family. I mean, I don't know. I'm just blabbering, I guess, at this point, but I just, uh, it was, it was a cool, you know, coming from some of the trips I've had back home, this, this one felt more complete. Like I wouldn't ever want to sound so cryptic to be like, Oh, what if my family was gone tomorrow? But where we stand today, I feel more okay with the future than I have in the past. Does that make sense? Sure. (laughs) I guarantee you're watching Netflix right now. Um, I was going to read this email. Did you want to stay on the line for it? Yeah. All right, because I I feel like uh, people listening are like, why the fuck am I listening to a phone call right now? I'll tell you why, because we got good shit coming up. We had an email. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay, let me get situated. I'm on my phone hooked up to the – okay. Here's an email from – what's his name? Let's see. Hold on. Stu. Oh, fuck. I shouldn't have said his name. Oh, sorry, Stu. I used your first name. All right, I'm just going to use his name, okay? I don't want to edit this afterward. Okay, here we go. Hey, Dave. I'm a new listener, not only to the Sex Actually podcast, but also to the whole podcast thing. I just recently found out about podcasts through iHeart. I'm 25 and deliver drinks for a uh, soda company in Virginia. I spend most of my day in the truck riding and stumbled across your podcast, and I've been listening ever since. I find what you talk about interesting and makes me feel like I'm talking to one of my boys. Yeah, I'm one of the boys. Hug it out. You'll, Stu will hug me. <laughs> um, in, in other words, you make my day go by easier. I pop in my headset and stream sex actually all day listening to old podcasts you have done. I've never written in to anyone, much less even used my email, but something struck me in the last podcast you did, and I wanted to tell you a bit about myself. Like I said, I'm 25, and I'm married to a 30-year-old. Uh, I've been with her since I was 19. I fell in love first sight. Beautiful young mix between white and Puerto Rican. I love my wife very much. She had two kids already before me, and their fathers are not in their lives. Uh, their fathers are not in their lives. So there's two different dads? That's so Puerto Rican. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no offense. I played baseball in college, and when I came home, I ran into her. She was fresh out of the Marines. By the way, much respect to her for doing that. Fuck yeah, that's, uh, that's badass. Marines? Yeah, that's Uh, She just left an abusive relationship from her ex and up and left Pennsylvania and a buddy from the Marines helped her find a place here in Virginia. So we started hanging out and I fell in love um, with her two young boys. At the time, the youngest was one and the oldest was seven. Uh, I've always had a thing for kids. It's a passion of mine. I took a class in college where we would go visit YMCA or other after-school programs where kids uh, who had parents working night shifts, we would play and hang out with them. I also coach a Little League baseball team back at home. Baseball is my sport. I played since I was four through college ball. But back to my wife. So I fell in love with her kids as well as her, and things were going great. We were having sex all the time in crazy places. Any little chance we got, we were fucking. After all, it's hard to, it's hard to do having kids. After four years, we decided to get married and have a little boy of her own. We have been married two years. Yeah, we have been married two years now and the sex is falling off. I know everyone says once you get married, the sex stops. I don't want to believe in that at all. My question to you is, Dave, has the sex really fallen off or is she hitting a period in her life where she's losing her sex drive? I mean, I'm in my prime wanting to fuck every second of the day, dude. Hell, I'm 25. I should be out getting hammered and screwing multiple girls. But I'm satisfied with my life and where I am, just not sexually. How, uh, so, how, how so I get that spark back? Um, how should I get the spark back, I think that's what he meant. I'm just getting tired of asking for sex, much like the woman who just emailed you in the last podcast saying she had to initiate sex or they wouldn't have sex. I'm in the same boat as her. I want sex three times a week instead of once a week. So help me out, dude. Give me some advice. Much love. First of all, dude, I'm a baseball guy myself. I grew up without a dad. 
uh, every coach I had was such an influence to me. And I commend you because I'm sure you don't even know the guy, the, the kids, how much you're rubbing off on them. So how good is it to hear about a guy who's giving back? And it's not like people don't get it. You coach Little League, you do YMCA, you ain't getting paid a dime. You're, you're, you're babysitting someone else's kids. You're teaching them how to be, how to grow, how to, how to, build, how to be a part of a team. It is so valuable. And yeah, um, how to win, how to lose, how to compromise. It sounds like they're very lucky to have to have you, Steve, us uh, too. But um, anyway, actually, as a side note, Tasha, I should mention this. How cool was it, Stu? Uh, everything. Okay, we're gonna make, we're gonna steer this back to you. But I got to. Um, we were in some tiny mission in the center of Baja, California. Saint Javier. Saint Javier. Saint Javier. Yesterday, it was a two-hour drive uh, through like the 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 the. the these mountainous roads. It was in the middle of nowhere. It was established in 1699. We get there, and there's a little kid. And of course, I don't speak Spanish. There's a little kid there who has a baseball glove in his in his bat. And um, and the his dad said in Spanish that he plays baseball and he watches the Yankees. And so someone told the kid that I also played baseball. And I think some. You did, but I think somewhere in the translation, he thought I was like a professional baseball player. Um, well, you know, okay, so he, my dad, they, he asked where we were from, and I said, you know, you and I are from Los Angeles, and that my parents are from um, Cincinnati. And the and my dad was like, Cincinnati Reds? Do you know Cincinnati Reds baseball? And uh, he was like, yeah, we know baseball. So and then the the dad asked if my dad played baseball and I and I said no and I said you play baseball. There I so am. Maybe he thinks you pitch for the Cincinnati Reds. So so he goes and he runs off to get his bag and he brings a second glove and we start throwing the baseball back and forth he's you know he's 10 years old i didn't throw it hard i kind of you know what i mean like i would have blown this guy's head off but um he's at that age where he's starting to get a little whip on the ball and um i just it was such a cool moment to not speak a language with somebody but still be able to kind of like kind of communicate the universal language of baseball yeah so i mean and then and then and then he goes and he gets a pen and he has me sign his glove and I'm like, first of all, I'm like, I am devaluing this glove. <laughs> like, if, if he Googles my name, he's like, oh, he's a... <laughs> By the way, if that kid's listening, download the podcast once you turn 18. Um, uh, and I'm pretty sure they don't have podcasts in this little remote village we went to. Maybe they do. Who knows? Um, hola. Uh, buenos dias. But uh, anyway, and then he had me sign his second glove. And I was like, oh, geez, the kid thinks I'm a pro ball player. But uh, uh, but how, how we don't realize, because... To each other, we're just kind of chumps. But to a child, to a growing boy, a girl, we are role models, even even if it's only through a chance encounter. And I just think it's really cool. I didn't re- I didn't read your email beforehand, but the fact that you mentioned you coach baseball in the Little League, uh, dude, just huge pat on your back for that because you will have people that will remember you for the rest. Tasha, what the fuck? I'm sorry, am I? Yeah, you're making crazy noises. I'm trying to get all nice and spiritual here. Sorry, I didn't realize you could hear. Holy, what are you doing over there? I'm cleaning, babe. The house is a wreck. Well, do you want to wait two seconds so we can finish this yeah. before you start swiffering? Sorry. 
<laughs> anyway, Stu, congrats uh, for for doing your uh, your civic duty. Now about the uh, sex thing. First of all, I think to girls who listen to the way you put it, they might they might be like, oh, he sounds like a jerk. He just wants sex all the time. But dude, I commend you for being honest. Guys want sex all the time. I mean, I like we we want sex all the time. You you want three days a week is not asking too much, but I think Tasha can agree. If you took our average from the last couple of years, it ain't three days a week. Would you say? No, but it's not once a month, but I mean, there are times when we're busy, we're on different schedules. How, how can Stu not feel like he's begging his wife, the love of his life to want to have a connection, a sexual connection? Well, I think it starts with a conversation and, um, first and foremost, you gotta make sure that it's a conversation coming from a loving place and not a conversation that's gonna make her feel like she's being attacked. Because chances are, she wants to have sex too. She's just tired. She's doing a million things. She's chasing three little kids around. So, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. So, first things first, is you've gotta have a conversation about it, an honest and loving conversation. That comes from a place of wanting to make it work for everybody, not from a place of, of hurt or judgment. Um, and then secondly, I know we've said this before on the podcast, but like, there's nothing wrong with the schedule. All of the experts agree that like the best way to get on track with trying to spice up your sex life or or increase the amount of sex that you're having is to plan it. Every Wednesday night we have sex, or every Thursday night we have sex, or whatever. You don't want it to feel like a chore. No, but that's you make an agreement that we're going to do it once a week no matter what. And so once you guys both make that agreement, because you both understand that it's good for your relationship, it then it becomes, it's, it's not a chore. It requires the talking about it, and it requires a little action. Now, here's the way that I think you make it not feel like a chore, is that on Wednesday night or Thursday night, whatever night it is, you have a bottle of wine, chilled and ready to go. You have something picked out to watch together on Netflix. Maybe if she's coming home late from work, he's already prepared dinner, like, Make it not just like we're gonna get in a quick five minute fuck. Make it our date night. Well, but how about make it our special night that we're like gonna spend together and get a little us time. Now, because it really is about us time. Romantic time for us needs to be scheduled. It's not just about the sex. It's about romance too. Because yeah, okay, her, like, let me get a let me get a word in. You gotta get in the mood. Jesus Christ! You talk a lot. I love you. Uh... Oh, my God. That's I'm so ridiculous. And anyone who has ever listened to this podcast for more than five minutes knows that you dominate every conversation. I know. And I waited. I, I recorded 25 minutes before calling you. <laughs> I got a 25-minute head start. I, I think that's all good. But also, I think you shouldn't be afraid to have a quickie, too. Like, by all means, don't make it just about yeah, ejaculating. But, it, but when it's both a sensitive subject, when because, listen, if the sex is already declining and he's feeling, like, hurt about it or dissatisfied, like, it's already to a point where it's, like, going to be a little bit of a delicate conversation. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I and think... And so it's going to require 
go to approach fixing it. And so, yeah, I think once you get back in the groove of having, like, a healthy sex life, then then it won't, then being a cookie won't be a thing. But I think as you, like, approach it, you need to approach it with the right attitude, which is coming from a place of giving, which is coming from a place of working together. Yeah, because, I mean, and also, women's, I mean, naturally, from what I've I know women's sex drives increase in their thirties. Uh, obviously when you have kids that changes things, but I wouldn't write her off by thinking that she's got this waning sex drive. I think, yeah, it just comes down to like having, when you have kids, you might not have all of your, uh, things done, get to get the kids out the door. The, you know, if there's a, a messy room, all these things get in the way. Yeah, the house is messy. Got to pack some lunches for school tomorrow. The outlets are on fire. Got to get everybody at that. Like, life gets in the way. And so just the same way that, like, I think um, people are waking up to the importance of self-care and scheduling time just for themselves, even if it's only five minutes a day, scheduling five minutes for themselves. I think that we also need to do that in our relationships. Because, you know, the everyday, just like, 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 it's boring. Let's get repetitive. And um, if you don't pay attention to your love life, then, you know, it's easy. It's easy for it to be put on a sex burner. You're starting. You're starting to break up. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna get out of here in a second because I'm at 45 minutes. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think. Uh, hey, this is some advice that was given to me uh, by by a random comedian who I was. She was like, she was like, you love your girlfriend. This is a, year, a couple of years ago. She was like, you love your girlfriend. I was like, yeah. She was like, well, then go home and go down on her. And uh, and and it was cut. And like she was like, go down, go down, go home and go get out, go home and go down on your woman. Like go. Literally, it's a simple, and I'm not saying your issues are as simple as that, but give, give the gift of how much sexual love you have for her and don't expect a blowjob, don't expect anything. Just give, find new ways to turn her on, and maybe you'll find new ways to reinvent your relationship. But I don't know. I th- uh, Stu, write, write us back and give us some more details on what's going on because I, I love connecting with people. And look, you're not getting advice from people that have their sex lives figured out. Like we're, we're you know, Tasha and I, we have conversations a lot that, you know, uh, question, you know, it's, it's easy to feel like the other person doesn't like you too, you know, m- because the mis- mystery's gone or this or that. But it's never, it's usually just about uh, just having a healthy conversation and knowing where each other stands and then, and you know, don't let resentful energies get in the way. Yeah. Um, all right, babe. Oh, you know what I just realized? What? Another tomato? Oh my God. Two more tomatoes. Yeah, really? All right, we'll be uh, six actually uh, podcast listeners. We'll be uh, selling tomatoes outside of apartment now. We've got four, so we've got four cherry sized tomatoes. We've got five cherry sized tomatoes. Um, they'll each be sold for twenty dollars to pay for the soil I had to buy. Um, anyway, Tasha, I'm gonna get out of here. I gotta go to the show, all that jazz. But um, anyway, uh, anything else you need to say or promote? If anyone sees Tasha's dad, give him a hug and. Um, I'll see you. I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. She's going to get back to me. Dave, you called me out for uh, 
dominating the conversation. Sometimes she gets chatty. That's all I'm saying. I asked, I try watching Game of Thrones with Tasha, and holy shit. I'll be like, hey, what happened last episode? She'll literally give me a 25-minute recap that makes no sense. I'm like, wow, fucking talk more, please. Anyway, that sounded mean. I didn't mean it in a mean way. Uh, I do talk a lot. I get that. I totally get that. But anyway, we're going to wrap this podcast up. I had one more email. Let's read another quick one, Uh, an email from April. Ah, shit, I used her first name too. I'm sorry, guys. You know what? No one there's a, no one knows who you guys are, right? I appreciate you writing in. Uh, April wrote in, Hey, Dave, I'm listening to your podcast from July 11th, and it made me want to share my story. Amazing! Thank you, April. I love it when people share their stories. Look, folks, she share your stories. Keep emailing, writing in. I, I swear, it's not just for me. It's for everyone else who listens. We're all communicating in a way that we couldn't with our parents and, and, and shit. So please keep sharing sharing your story, sexactuallypodcast.gmail.com. I really love it when I hear what people are up to. Um, anyway, I am 29 and living in Kentucky. I met a guy back in 2012 and he was the first guy I wasn't shy with. So I fell in love pretty quickly. And in July, 2013, he proposed. So I said, yes, and truly believed we could grow and figure out life together. Come July, 2015, we got married and it felt so right. A few months into the marriage, we decided to start a family through adoption, but for some reason it brought out a side of the man I loved that I just could not understand. Needless to say, it's ended with us now filing for divorce as of July 5th. I guess my point in this story is that I've learned that you can still love someone even if the relationship doesn't work. I have also learned things about myself that I can change to, to make myself the best version of me. I wanted to say thank you because your podcast makes me feel like I am not alone. Thanks, April. Ah, well, look, first of all, this is, uh, you wrote this, you sent this to me August 3rd. So you sent this to me several weeks after filing for divorce or I, I, I'm first of all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're getting divorced. I'm sorry it couldn't work out, but it's so great to see someone who just kind of is taking it with a grain of salt and thinking that you can still love somebody, even if you know, it doesn't work out. And I'd be foolish to say that Tasha and I are going to last forever. I know that sounds morose to say when you're in a, you know, a happy relationship, but uh, she says the same thing that it's like, look, we want to work so hard for each other, but you know, by saying it will last forever, you might be doing it a disservice by, by taking the vows that no matter what, you you know blah 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 till death do us part. I mean that's that's almost promoting a sort of laziness if you don't do the work. And it sounds like you guys did the work, but it just wasn't meant to be. Um, I you know your story has zero details, but please write back and let me know more about where you are now. Are you are you know are there any other guys in the situation, or how could you tell it was over? How did you know it was over? Did he know? Uh, did you guys try to work it out? What happened? Um, you know, it's interesting that you're, you said you're, you're shy and he, and you fell in love with him because, um, he was the first guy that you weren't shy with. I mean, that's a, look, we've all got our different things in life that, uh, that are holding us up. And when you can meet somebody that brings out a better version of yourself, that's obviously something that we're attracted to. I mean, chemicals are released. We go, Oh my gosh, I feel so natural with this person. That's what lo- part of love is. It's feeling like you can just be the piece of shit that you are with another piece of shit. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that we're all flawed individuals and maybe you guys were meant to be together for several years to bring out those versions of each other, but don't have any shame if that's where it ends. Uh, congratulations to you, April, for being honest with yourself and for really just um, looking for the positivity that maybe that's the way 
way we wrap this podcast up is that we started with saying, look, we're all in this simulation together. Find the positivity in it all. It is there. You took a divorce, a relationship that in others' eyes would be quote unquote failure. And you said, no, I've learned about myself. I don't mean to project onto you because you're not telling me all these things, but it sounds like, oh shit, what did I just do? Oh, hello? I can't hear myself. Hold on. Oh, check, check. Oh, sorry. I was going through this whole rant and I hit the equalizer. <laughs> oh boy, could I have any less motivation, mo- momentum to end the episode? Boy, I'm getting real fidgety here. By the way, I'm sitting in my car. It's 95 degrees out. I turned the car off so I could have good audio, but I'm sweating my balls off. I got to go to a show. Uh, I got to go do a show. I haven't done stand up in a while because I've been vacationing. So I'm going to forget everything I need to say. But anyway, I just want to leave you guys with some love. I hope you felt it because I'm feeling so complete. I'm feeling so on the right path right now. I know I don't always feel that way. I'm trying to just spend as much energy as I can doing creative things, being creative and sharing love, not having to do the dumb bullshit side jobs, job just over broke, J-O-B. I'm trying to do the ones that make me flourish and be the best version of myself. Just like in a relationship, you should have a job that you love going to, that you love, that you get lost in the hours because it's just something that's enriching and fun. And Natasha and I have a huge announcement. We're not going to make it yet, but we both got booked on a um, on a job outside of the country that is going to be fucking amazing. And uh, we get to work together. We get to get paid together. It's going to be amazing. And uh, we're not going to be on Amazing Race, if you're <laughs> wondering. But it's not far off. It's not far off. The Amazing Dave. That's what <laughs> We're going to be on The Amazing Date. Um, anyway, you guys have been amazing. I truly mean this. Trust me, I wouldn't put the hours every week into this podcast if I didn't get a reward out of it. And the reward is hearing back from you. The reward is the positive reviews that we get on iTunes. The reward is when you share it on your social media. Sex Actually Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, by the way, go to my Instagram at dneals, D-N-E-A-L-Z. I'll post a photo of it that, uh, that Tasha took of me playing baseball with this 10-year-old boy in the mountains in Mexico. It really was a great feeling. So big shout out to you, Stu, for being a good guy. Uh, for for really uh, and for you, April. By the way, Stu, April. If it doesn't work out with your girl, Stu, you got April. I'm kidding. Uh, by the way, wouldn't it be cool though? Single people, write in. Maybe I'll set some single people up. Uh, write in and let me know. I mean, I, you know, what I what I what I love. I'll, I'll just say this and I'll get the fuck out of here. I I don't like how couples and single people seemingly don't have much in common. Uh, I hang out with more of my coupled friends now than my single friends because. It just seems like that's what they want to do. Like, you know, single people are more on the hunt. Couples are more like, you know, going to fucking wine tastings and bullshit like that. But we really are all in the same plight, whether you have a co-pilot or you don't. I certainly miss parts of me. I mean, I got to be careful the way I word this because I love Tasha and I love being with her. But parts of me do miss the camaraderie of singlehood. Not not about going out and chasing tail and getting laid, but the 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 fraternal bond I had hanging with guys. You know, I can't tell you during my single days, you know, at 9 p.m. on a Friday, I'd have nine different guys text me, yo, what are we getting after tonight? What are we doing? What are we getting into? It was always like, 
it was always like an adventure because we we only had each other. We were just dudes, single guys, and and which is cool. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't trade it for what I have now. I just uh, I just can relate to both sides of things. So for my single friends out there, for my relationship friends out there, I just thank you for taking the time to listen and be an active member in this podcast. I definitely don't want this to be a one way conversation. So write in sexactuallypodcast at gmail Leave. A positive review if you haven't already on iTunes, guys. I need this. You type in Sex Actually on your iPhone or your iTunes. You you go to your podcast app. You type Sex Actually. The little icon pulls up. You hit it. You click reviews. You click write a review. It takes literally, it it takes half a shit. Go on the shitter. Get this done. Leave us a five-star review. It helps with the algorithm. It boosts up our downloads, our subscribers. We get more fans. We get better sponsors, all that bullshit. It's good for everybody. So you get the free episodes every week. Just do me a solid. Either write a review or share it with a couple friends. I guarantee uh, I, trust me, I will really appreciate it. Um, if you want to check out, if for any of you watching my Bachelor recap videos or my uh, stand-up, you can go to Dave Neal on YouTube and go find me and subscribe over there. I really appreciate the support. You know, when you do stand-up and you do, you know, work in the creative fields, all we have is the currency of those that believe in us. And I don't mean, you know, like I'm not trying to tap into a Patreon or trying to get you to buy duvet covers, uh, although I will sell you five tomatoes. But what I'm trying to do is get butts in seats, people listening, download subscribers, and building a following here. So I do appreciate everyone who has been a part of that. Um, it's been an amazing uh, last couple of weeks for me, and I'm just excited to share it with you guys. So thanks for being part of the journey. This has been Sex Actually, the podcast. Sex Actually.